1: We've talked a lot this week about um, markets, right? I mean, if you're in crypto, whew, uh, you, you've lost a lot of money in the last uh, few months. Uh, real estate, same thing. We're expecting to see a big, big pullback in the price of real estate in this country in the next six, eight months. If it's already started. The markets in general, you know, heading into bear territory, big, big drops on all the exchanges. So um, we're talking about big losses here. But when we talk about the loss, we, we always hear things like trillions of dollars have been lost today. Well, how can they be lost? Where do these dollars go? What happens? It's an interesting concept with all of this money that's in the market, and then the next day, it's not. It's gone. Where, where, where does it go? Are we, are we describing this incorrectly? Let's find out. We're going to chat now with um, Stephen Brown. Stephen is a Senior Canada Economist with Capital Economics. Stephen, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us today. It's a pleasure to be with you. This whole concept, it is kind of strange to try and wrap your head around when we talk about, you know, one day there's trillions of dollars there, and the next day there's trillions of dollars that are no longer there. But do those dollars really vanish, or are we looking at it in the wrong way?
0: Um, I think, I mean, the correct answer is they, they, to some extent they do vanish, but the, the real thing is that they weren't really there to begin with. So when it comes to markets, we're really thinking about valuing the marginal, marginal product that's sold each time. So I think housing is a, a great example of this. When there's not much housing supply, everyone gets quite desperate. They'll bid up the price. Um, and then we say all houses are worth that. But as soon as we build um, more houses, then the price comes back down again because really that higher price couldn't be sustained for the whole market, it could only be sustained say for a few people. Um, and we're seeing some similar dynamics at play say in the crypto markets. Um, everyone wanted to buy and there wasn't much availability to begin with but now we're, we're seeing the flip side of that because um, interest rates are going up, the cost of borrowing is getting more expensive and, and people are starting to have to sell but now they're finding there aren't any buyers in place. So. But those marginal transactions are coming down very quickly, and that's sort of
1: reducing the value overall. Gotcha. Okay, so it's not where there's you know there's a certain amount of money invested in crypto, and it's a set value. And if someone is selling, someone else is buying, and the value remains within that system, it's the actual value that drops. So I mean, it, it, it's not a sense of you know there's not that many dollars invested. It's it's what people are willing to invest. It's more of a value than money being lost. The value is lost more than the money, right?
0: Yeah, that, that's precisely it. It's the uh, perceptions of value as well. Sometimes it, it really can just be what people think it's worth. I mean, at the moment, it, the, the sort of weakness in broader markets is being driven by this big rise in interest rates. That's making just the cost of money more expensive. And, you know, if you can put money in, into a bank account at 4%, it makes the relative value of other things look look worse. But sometimes we can just see these these cycles that really don't have much to do with fundamentals, they're sort of all more about psychology. But, but yeah, the money wasn't really there in the sense that if we imagine free yeah. people buy Bitcoin and it's 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, the sum of those is a lot less than, than 30,000 times three, which, which is the total value at the end. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window.
1: Gotcha. Makes sense. However, having said that, it does have real-world implications, right? When you see trillions of dollars leave the stock market, for example, those are some big losses for some companies, some individuals. I mean, it does have a real-world impact, right?
0: Certainly, yes. So, I mean, for for you and I, maybe we've got um, a pension or equity portfolio, and we look at that, and suddenly the value's dropped by 20%. We're not feeling so confident anymore about you know, retirement age, or if we've got enough money, maybe we want to save more of our income now, um, and that all feeds through to basically lower spending in the real economy. So, when we get a reduction in financial values, that that can feed through to lower consumer confidence, lower consumer spending, and then yes, as well as you mentioned, businesses essentially, they, they issue equities. And when when equities fall in value, then the cost of them raising capital to invest has gone up. So, they'll probably invest more, less as well. And that will results in a, a weaker economy overall. And to some extent, you know, that is what we want to see at the moment because you know, consumer price inflation is really high at the moment. That's a sign that the global economy is running a bit too hot given the amount of supply available. But certainly we don't want to see this go too far because then
1: we're talking about um, an economic downturn and potentially even a recession. Well, that's the thing I was going to ask, because we, we keep hearing people say that, hey, a recession is looming. That's often how these kinds of inflationary periods end. So when we see what's happening with, and not so much with crypto being that it's rather new, but when we talk about stock markets, real estate, and we see those the value in those diminish the way that they have, does that make a recession more likely or, or less likely or does it have an impact?
0: Yeah, it, it does. It does make a recession more likely. I think one thing to say about this particular sort of cycle post-pandemic, we obviously saw um, house prices surge in value, um, tech stocks surge in value as well. And the period of time that that Was quite short. So, for instance, in the housing market, if we saw a 10% drop in house prices, it would only really take us back to where house prices were at the end of 2021. So, there's not many people that are sitting on a big loss. You know, for most people, they're still looking at the value of their house, and it's much higher than when they bought it. Um, but the, the risk is that it becomes a bit self-fulfilling. So if people have bought uh, using a lot of debt uh, and then the value of the whatever they bought, it doesn't have to be a house, sometimes it's equities or crypto, goes down, then they have to sell just to pay off the debt. And then that triggers more people to sell. So we can get these vicious spirals. Which yeah. Is quite a concern at the moment uh, for the Canadian housing market, I would say.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's so many moving pieces. Stephen, thank you so much for coming on and uh, trying to make sense of it for us. We appreciate it. Yep. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for speaking to me. Thanks. That's Stephen Brown. Stephen is the senior candidate economist with Capital Economics. And it's interesting how they're all sort of, they all work together in a sense, right?